Welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, with, with Lamb Lion Ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared to you today that we have that we have titled, The Stick Sign, as we look at the nation of Israel. So we encourage you to stay tuned. And those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program and see, if, Nathan, if you can open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to get back into Ezekiel chapter 37 and understand, Lord, the miracles that you are bringing about in our day and age. To be living and seeing the fulfillment of a prophecy made thousands of years ago, uh, Lord, just awes us and reminds us, Lord, that you are God and you are king. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones. We're in looking at Ezekiel chapter 37, the stick sign, as we look speaking of the nation of Israel. So we encourage you to stay tuned to the program. But before we continue, I am going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, good afternoon. Hey, could you clarify something for me? Did you say the stick sign or the sixth sign? Oh, I'm sorry. The stick, like a stick sign. A stick sign. Well, you know, it's the first time I've ever heard this called a stick sign. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's neat, man. I'm learning something here. The stick sign. And exactly. And we don't want to give it away yet, Nathan, because we're going to dive into that in a little bit. But in case someone is new to our program and maybe they missed our previous program, might you be able to share with them how they can get a hold of those resources? Sure. Well, you're on the podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast uh, outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you're already listening, then you found us uh, possibly on our website at christandprophecy.org. Uh, possibly you are listening to an uh, archive on pray.com, or maybe uh, you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or by RSS food feed. We welcome you. And we're so glad you found us. Uh, Vic and I have a wealth of teaching uh, that we've done over the, since, wow, 2010. If you go to our website at christandprophecy.org and go under watch and then podcasts, you can find The Truth Will Set You Free there. And you can go all the way back to the beginning. As much as I've got copies, I've posted them on our website. You can also find uh, our founder, Dr. David Reagan. He has Reagan Classic Radio. Back when our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, was a radio program for 20 years, we got quite a number of his presentations on there as well. Anytime that uh, Tim Moore, myself, uh, any of our evangelists on staff have been on radio, like uh, last week we're on Jan Markell's Understanding the Times, and Monday I was on uh, Hope for Our Times with Tom Hughes. We'll get the MP3 and we put that under podcasts as well, so check radio podcasts. And, of course, our television show, Christ in Prophecy, we also released that in audio format. And uh, you'll find that under the podcast section as well. But if you want all of them, just sign up for our RSS feed and you'll get all the podcasts all at once. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing those wonderful resources and wonderful information. Yes, and we encourage those, especially if you're new to our program, grab hold of these wonderful resources. 
Also, from time to time, we have the opportunity to be invited as special guests uh, to speak at different locations and different churches. And uh, those are nice opportunities as well, right, Nathan, when people invite us out uh, to share at their locations. Yeah, I mean, as of this recording, uh, we should be getting real close to the Prophecy Watchers Conference. If you're all familiar with the ministry Prophecy Watchers, uh, I will be there on um, uh, October 5th through 8th, and that's in Norman, Oklahoma, just south of Oklahoma City. There's going to be about 15 speakers and all the big names in Bible prophecy, so uh, check us out. I don't think there's any seats now, but you can watch it over streaming. And then Lamb and Lion Ministries on October 21st through 22nd as our New Jersey Regional Bible Conference. We have our annual conference every summer here in Dallas, but we try to have regional conferences around the country so if folks who can't get to Dallas that we try to get by. So uh, last fall, we were in Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. The year before, we teamed up with Billy Crone and we're in uh, uh, Nevada, uh, Los Angeles. But this year, we'll be in New Jersey. So the weekend of October 21st to 22nd. And so uh, our ministry hopes that uh, you can attend one of these regional conferences or if when we're speaking at churches, just check out our events page. That's the best recommendation. If you go to our events page, You'll see where we are, and we hope to meet up with you in person. Oh, that's exciting. Thanks, Nathan, for sharing, and that's why I'm glad you're sharing that so we can keep that in prayer and people can come out, hey, and be part of these amazing uh, opportunities. So that is very cool. So, Nathan, again, just exciting times that we're living in. Uh, that's why you and I get excited about these programs, because we get to uh, show people how God is at work during our time, especially when it comes to the nation of Israel that we've come to know as a super sign. And Nathan, in a previous program, you and I have been here in, in, in uh, looking at Ezekiel chapter 37, speaking of this prophecy of how God's people are going to be regathered, that at one point they were like a graveyard of dry bones and how God will bring them back to life. Might you be able to recap for us briefly, Nathan, some of those things, just in case someone is new to the program here in chapter 37 in Ezekiel? Well, I think you nailed it. Uh, the Lord was showing Ezekiel this vision of this valley of dry bones. All, I mean, not just corpses. We're talking about actual long dead. Only the bones are left. And it's a whole valley filled with them. And they were to represent the nation of Israel, that they would be exiled out of the land and they would wander the, the world for 2000 years. But the Lord always keeps his promises and his promises to the Jewish people have not changed. And they will be allowed back into the land and he will rebuild them much like bringing a dead body back to life. The nation of Israel will be brought back to life. And we've seen that in our day and age. In May of 1948, Israel became a nation again after almost 2000 years. And it's a country. It rules itself. It's now one of the more powerful and uh, prosperous countries in the world. But they still don't have a heart for their God yet. They don't have a heart for Jesus Christ so as we go on to subsequent chapters, we're going to then soon learn how they will get that heart for God and eventually Jesus Christ, their Savior. I love that. And not only that, Nathan, but also God's work in all his people. He's going to regather uh, everyone together. And that's the exciting part as we look at chapter 37 in the book of Ezekiel. So we're going to pick it up this week in case you are new to the program in Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning on verse 15 through 20. I would invite you to get your Bibles ready and follow along with us. Nathan, will you be able to read for us chapter 37 verses uh, 15 through 17? And I'll take 18 through 20 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Pick it up in verse 15. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel saying, as for you, son of man, 
take a stick for yourself and write on it. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions, then take another stick and write on it. For Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions, then join them to another for yourself into one stick, and they'll become one in your hand. And verse 18 says, and when the children of your people speak to you, saying, will you not show us what you mean by these? Say to them, thus says the Lord, surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel, his companion. And I will join them with it, with the stick of Judah and make them one stick and they will be one in my hand. And the, the sticks on which you write will be in your hand before their eyes. Nathan, you and I have looked at the book of Ezekiel, and oftentimes God does some amazing things for Ezekiel to be able to illustrate his point and what he's doing. <laughs> well, this is an amazing prophecy because when it, you remember that, well, well, what's he talking? Let's go a little farther back here. Remember that Jacob had. Uh, 12 tribes come out of him, really 13, but 12 sons. And of those, Joseph got two, Manasseh and Ephraim. So technically there's 13 tribes of Israel, but the Levite tribe wasn't given any land. They became a priesthood and they dwelt within the land. And so you have these 13 tribes of Israel. And during uh, the reign of Solomon, there, his son took over and uh, had a son named Rehoboam. Well, this is where you start seeing a division between some of the tribes and some of the other tribes. So the northern tribes of Israel, we were pretty much descendant from uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, who are the sons of Joseph. But also you got Zebulun, Naphtali, and, and uh, Issachar, and all these other ones. Uh, these brothers, these tribes, did not want to live under Rehoboam's very strict reign. He, he, he just taxed the people today. He wasn't he lacked all the wisdom that his father Solomon had. So the country split. And so Judah and Benjamin stayed the nation of Judah, but in the northern tribes, they remained the nation of Israel. So you ended up with two countries out of these 12, uh, 13 or so tribes. And so what happened is, is that the northern tribes under Rehoboam didn't have a decent king after that. Every one of them brought their people into rebellion. And for hundreds of years, the Lord sent the prophets up to Israel to get them to repent, but they wouldn't repent. And so in the end, the Lord had the Assyrians, uh, who are uh, based in Nineveh, this capital city of Nineveh, and they exiled the Jewish people, or could say the, the northern Israelite people, out of the land and spread them all over the place. I mean, there's records of of like the tribe of Manasseh reaching even as far as um, Afghanistan. And so the people were spread out all over. But the nation of Judah remained, Judah and Benjamin. And Judah and Benjamin remained until uh, 586 BC when Nebuchadnezzar came and exiled them out of the land and he brought them up to Babylon. And then a remnant from Babylon was allowed to return to the land of Israel. And so for the few next few hundred years, you find that the people that had resettled Israel were primarily from the tribe of Judah. Hence, you get the term Jews. And so as the Jewish people then got exiled into the world, primarily, even though they were representative of different tribes, for the most part, the Jews are from the tribe of Judah or the Levites. Like if you meet a Cohen, they're from the tribe of Levite. So basically, you're talking about for thousands of years now, the Jewish people, the, the tribes of Israel, have been separated and not connected whatsoever. 
But the Bible prophesies here with this, as Vic, you call it, the stick prophecy, <laughs> uh, that these different nations, these two, which were two nations, will become one again. That these Jewish people lost and buried among all these different countries will all come back and the 13 tribes will be reunited and resettle in Israel and form one nation under, under God once more. And brother, this is a mind-blowing prophecy because, again, the northern tribes were exiled in 722 BC. So what we're saying here is in 2,700 years, the tribes of Israel have been divided, but in our day and age, they will be reunited. And that's exciting news. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. Again, as we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 37, speaking about this amazing prophecy uh, of sign, if you will, of these stick nations. And Nathan, I love the different illustrations. That's what I mean of Ezekiel, what God uh, tells him to do. Uh, certain things to serve as a sign, to serve as a wake-up call, to let people see what he is doing. And here, having them right on a stick and, uh, and things like that. Earlier on, when you and I started teaching through the book of Ezekiel, God asked Ezekiel to do some weird things, to be able to show his people what he was trying to say to them and sort of to get their attention, to make them wake up and recognize how far they had strayed from him. Absolutely. Well, the Lord had different. I mean, he's the ultimate writer, you know, he's the ultimate teacher. And so he'd have the prophets. Some of them were writing prophets. They only wrote things down. You had other prophets who were just speaking prophets. We don't know anything about them except that other people wrote their stuff down, like Elijah and Elisha, for instance. But then the Lord had acting prophets who would be like dramatists, giving little plays, little illustrations to help the people remember and understand the Lord's prophecies. And although Ezekiel uh, was also a writing and a speaking prophet, you're right, brother, he was an acting prophet as well. And so the Lord had him act out these two different sticks. These, these What was one stick broken in two is now going to be one again. And bear in mind, Ezekiel's time period is the late 500s BC. So this prophecy hasn't even begun to see its, its fulfillment until our day and age. Matter of fact, the tribulation time period that's coming, there's a prophecy in um, Revelation 7 and 14 that talk about the 144,000 Jewish evangelists and that 12,000 will be represented from each of the 12 tribes. Well, how is that possible if the Israel Israelites were lost to time, lost to the world? Well, no, the Lord knows who each and every one of them is and he's bringing them back and they will maybe not know what tribes they come from, but God knows. And those two sticks will be reunited again. And so think about it. To bring a nations that have been separated for 2,700 years, that's 27 centuries, and put them together as a country again, that, that's unheard of. It's, it's never, it's unprecedented. It's, and it's happening in our day and age. It's just, it's truly mind boggling. And Nathan, that's why when we look at the details, God doesn't waste uh, 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 paper or ink, if you will, or space on a page. Everything that is written, every jot, every tittle in the word of God is important. The details. And as I notice verse 21, Nathan, here in Ezekiel 37, it, it starts to give us the purpose why God has done certain things. And it says, then they then say to them, thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel. Notice, from among the nations, wherever they have gone, 
and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. In other words, that it's like so specific that this is talking about this group of people that have been scattered, like you said, Nathan, from everywhere and bring them back to their own land, not any other land, but the land of Israel. Yeah, and it continues in verse 22, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. Well, this is interesting, Vic, because here it prophesies that one king will be king over them all. Does Israel have a king today? No, they do not. Yeah, I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, currently is the prime minister and leads a very fractious culture. Matter of fact, uh, the Jewish people are basically on the verge of a civil war right now over the the system that they have. That, you know, they don't have a constitution, so the the courts basically rule the land. They pick their own judges. So Netanyahu and the legislature are like, hey, wait a minute, we need all three branches of power to be equal. We cannot have the the judiciary running the country and making up their own decisions and countering what the legislation and the will of the people decide. And so you've got to, you got the left, the liberals, who see the court system as protecting their secular humanist way of life, and they're willing to have a civil war over it. And then Netanyahu's representing the growing religious sect of Israel, about 40%, and growing, and they want to see judicial reform. And so Israel's about to, to you know, all counts looks like it's going to plunge into civil war. I don't think it will. But here we again, we've got this prophecy that it's not talking about the Knesset will rule over Israel. A king shall be king over Israel. So there's part of this prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled yet, right? Nathan, that's an excellent point because that's what's going to bring us into the following verses. And that's why we hope that people follow along with us because it's, 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 the, the verses are leading us somewhere, but it also tells us the purpose of what, what God has done and why he's doing it and why it is so important for them to be led under one righteous king. Verse 23 says, They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of, that, of their transgressions, but I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. Then they shall know, th th excuse me, then they shall be my people and I will be their God. So part of what God is doing, Nate, Nate right, uh, uh, regathering his people it's also putting them through a process, a cleansing process, a purification process, so that when that king that's going to rule them, he's going to rule them with righteousness. Absolutely. You know, there's only about 15, uh, well, more like 14 million Jews around the planet. I mean, that's it's amazing when you think that a culture that's 3,000 years old has been so devastated by satanic attacks over the centuries that there's only 14 million. So, but half of the Jewish people live in Israel. So this prophecy is that all the Jewish people from all over the world will be heading to Israel one day. And we'll learn why in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. But that's a prophecy that is, is currently happening as Jewish people make Aliyah or return back to the land of Israel. They will eventually all go back to the land of Israel. And eventually they will do away with their parliamentary system that's, that's so weak. And they will have the perfect king over them. And they will have a heart for that king, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, their Messiah. So we're kind of in the middle of the fulfillment of this prophecy right now. We're seeing the Jewish people return, but the Jewish people having uh, Jesus as their king here on this earth requires the king to return. So 
that's the second coming. So what we're talking about here is Israel's final reunification will occur uh, at the millennial kingdom, the return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom on this earth. And Nathan, and that sets us up with those following verses as we close this chapter, because we see now this portion also speaks about a future uh, development that is going to take place uh, with God's people. Nate, will you be able to read verses 24 through 26 for us? And I'll read verses 27 and 28 as we close chapter 37. Verse 24 reads, David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgment and observe my statutes and do them. And then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwell. And they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them. I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. In verse 27, my tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst, uh, in their midst forever. And of course, Nathan, again, we're, we're talking about now future events that are going to develop. But right now we're seeing this unification of the nation and then coming back into the land really right before our eyes. We are. And when it says David here, uh, although there is some points that King David will have a role in Christ's millennial kingdom, likely as the mayor of Jerusalem, David, my servant, is an indicator of who will be king over Israel. And they're saying not David, but David's the son of David. And so right here, and this is, again, about 550 or so years before Jesus comes, but this is a prophecy about the son of David, Jesus Christ. It, it points right to who is going to be this king. And Jesus, as we know, is a direct descendant of, of David. So he is uh, legally a descendant of David who can legally take up the throne, but he's also the son of God. And so this is this prophecy here is that the Jewish people, as they're being regathered, they might have this weak system of government right now. But one point, the parliamentary will end and uh, Jesus Christ will rule, and it says here, in his sanctuary. In other words, the temple will be the millennial temple, not the tribulation temple, but the millennial temple will be built, and Jesus Christ will rule and reign from Jerusalem, and those believing Jews who've come into the millennial kingdom will be a priestly people, and the Gentiles of the world will flood to Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach and, and see him face to face, and it'll be a time of peace, and it's an everlasting covenant, no more attacks on the Jewish people. No more pogroms and holocausts. The Jewish people will become a respected people. They won't be the butt of jokes. Anti-Semitism will be no more. Uh, it will be a time of perfect peace between God and his children because the Jewish people will have re repented upon his return. We read the prophecies how the Jewish people, when they see Jesus burst from the clouds with his saints following him, they will yell out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They will finally acknowledge their Yeshua as their Messiah. And so that's when the spirit that we've been reading about in, in Ezekiel 37 comes into them. They're not just the bones, dry bones become the life again, but they are actually the people of God who have a heart for the Lord and accept him as king, whereas they rejected him 2000 years ago. Nathan, oh, that is fantastic. And as I look at the closing of chapter 37, it's almost like the deep breath 
be, the calm before the storm, because when we get to chapter 38 and chapter 39, things will get a little bit heavy. But chapter 37 closes us here, reminding us that at the end, God's people win. This is God's full plan, even though things will still get difficult. So we want to encourage those of you that have been part of this program. Again, stay tuned as we continue to uncover some amazing prophecies in chapters 38 and 39. But what this should be pointing every one of you to is a relationship with the Lord. We see what the Bible speaks is coming. We want you to be part of God's family, if you will. And if you have not given your life to the Lord, there is still a window of opportunity. And Nathan, maybe someone has been part of this program so far and they've recognized that they really don't know God. May you share with them how they can begin that journey with him even today? Well, this promise to the Jewish people isn't just for the Jewish people. It's for all who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Uh, folks, with Israel being back in the land again, it means that the return of Jesus Christ isn't too far behind. We are getting to the end of 2,000 years since Jesus was crucified was dead and buried, but resurrected and brought life to us all. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, his work on the cross, the only work that matters towards salvation, will cover you. His blood will cover you. You'll be purified of your sins, and you will inherit eternal life with him. So if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior yet, realize that as Romans 3.23 tells us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You have sinned. I have sinned. All of us fall short of the glory of God, and therefore we're not worthy to spend eternity with God. Romans 6.23 says, the wait for the wages of sin is death. In other words, our sins have put the death sentence on us, but the gift of God is eternal life. Who? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Why does God do this? Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and your savior, then pray right now from your heart in faith. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've rebelled against. You. I am so sorry. Please forgive me, Lord. I want a new life. I want your salvation. And I want you to become the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away. And you will inherit eternal life with him. We even got specialty music to, to commemorate. <laughs> the angels in heaven are celebrating when one person, every person who comes to the Lord, there is a celebration. Vic, once a person becomes saved, what should they be doing uh, you know, baptism, church, uh, what, what do you recommend that they do? What's the next step? Well, well, Nathan, first off, of course, thank you for sharing that. And we rejoice with everyone that has turned their hearts to Jesus. We also encourage you to give us a call, 305-992-9537. And Nathan and I will love to rejoice with you. But yes, what you should be doing is find a good Bible teaching church, get plugged in, let them know you came to know Jesus and uh, be baptized and start to serve in the Lord. Uh, start to serve the Lord and God's people so that when the Lord returns, he finds you busy about his business. So Nathan, it's just nice to be part of the body of Christ, 
to be able to grow together in the things of God. And what a wonderful way that is when someone comes to know the Lord. So thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful invitation. Yes, and thank you for the stick prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a prophecy. You never hear pastors preach it from the pulpit, but unless they're going verse by verse, like Calvary Chapel pastors do. And But it is such a significant prophecy, folks. I mean, bringing back 12 tribes of Israel that have been divided since 722 B.C., almost 3,000 years ago, ah, unbelievable. And it, and it only continues to get better as we continue to make our way through the book of Ezekiel. But of course, we've come to the end of this segment of the program. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying thank you for being part of the program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and have a wonderful week.